I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning, in the process of buying, or already owns their own home. My name is Leah Bunning. I'm a licensed mortgage loan officer, and I'm going to be your host. I know the past couple episodes, we have had some wonderful guests on the show, and there will be many more guests to come. But today, y'all are stuck with me. So I hope you like the sound of my voice, because that's what you're going to be listening to today. And we are going to be deep diving into understanding closing costs when it comes to a mortgage transaction. But before we get into the nitty gritty of closing costs, and believe me, we will get into the nitty gritty of it because there's a lot of information to unpack for you guys. Uh, And I'm going to have to break it down a little bit because it can get a little confusing, especially if you're not in the industry, the ins and outs of it all day, every day. But before we do that, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about money. As you can see, well, maybe you can't see if you're listening, you can't see. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I wore green today. And that is for money. (laughs) So we all have things that we like to spend money on and things that we don't. Fair. So for me... Some of the things that I really like to spend money on, or my top three are one, clothes. Clothes. If anyone were to ask, I absolutely love and adore fashion. Now, I'm not necessarily a name brand person. Like, I don't have to have Gucci or Prada or, you know, any of those other names out there. But I do like, I do like some nice clothes. I'm kind of that, like, middle section, you know, I'm usually not going to be at, you know, the forever 21s. I'm going to be somewhere in the middle and I love clothes. Oh my gosh. My closet, I could spend so much money on clothes and not that nigh because it's something I'm really passionate about. I enjoy, I feel like it's a way I get to express my personality. So that is definitely something I will drop some serious dough on. Another one is traveling. So for me, I love, 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 love traveling. And I will drop some money on that too. This past summer, I got to go to Europe. So I went to Serbia and Croatia. And for the first time in my life, I was like, you know what? I want to see what this whole first class thing is about. So I decided I was going to pay this ridiculous, ridiculous and I'm like really ridiculous sum of money so I could have the experience of flying first class to and from Europe and it was absolutely worth it like after that experience I was like yes this is so I will totally spend money on this in a heartbeat and then same when I was actually in Europe you know I wanted to go out and try the food I wanted to go shopping I wanted to go do all the sightseeing stuff and all the experiences. And I didn't have a problem spending money on it. I really enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, when I got back home and I saw how much money I spent on it, 
I didn't feel bad about it. And probably my third favorite thing to spend money on is just experiences. Not necessarily experiences just with traveling, but experiences in general, whether that's maybe going on a smaller scale, going out to a nice restaurant and being with friends and trying the different foods uh, to going to the theater. Like I love, love the theater. Um, something about me too, I volunteer with Big Brothers Big Sisters. So I have a little sister. And for Christmas, I got us tickets to see Aladdin on Broadway, not up in New York, but the Broadway Aladdin here down in West Palm Beach. And I'm like, you know, I want to sit up front. So I spent some money on some tickets so we could sit up front in the orchestra section. And that's what I mean by experiences is shows and, you know, going places and doing things. I will spend money on that in a heartbeat and it doesn't bother me the the cost of it because it's something that I love and I enjoy. Now, on the flip side of that, the sad, right? Which is spending money on things that we don't really like to. And a lot of those things too, where I'm like, oh, this hurts. This hurts so bad to spend money on this. So three things that I really, really hate spending money on is one, bills. But I think we're all in the same boat here. Who who actually enjoys spending money on bills? I don't know anyone who does. I don't particularly like it, but I do it. I do it anyway, reluctantly. Uh, but would you know? We just get it done. The second thing is repairs. I hate spending money on repairs. I just had a massive one. I knew it was something that was coming up. But when I bought my home here in West Palm Beach, my home was built in 1960. And I am on a septic system. Now, when I bought the home, I knew that that septic system was original to the home. So it was built in 1960. I had it inspected. And my septic guy looks at me and he's like, "Mm, Leah, just like it's working. It's working. But you might really want to think about replacing it in a year or two. So I knew this, I knew this going in. And at the beginning of this year, we had a little mishap uh, with some plumbing in the house. And my septic guy came out and we put a Band-Aid on it, fixed it, but I said, okay, the last thing I want is a septic system, like big malfunction. I mean, can you just... I don't want to imagine. I'm sure y'all can imagine. And I don't want to. (laughs) So I decided that, okay, we got the Band-Aid on. It's time. It's time to just do the whole thing. Let's replace it. Let's repair it. And we did. And I finally got the permits. And we finally got it all said and done. And I'm so happy to have it done. But boy, did that hurt. It hurt. That was a pretty penny to spend money on. And I was not happy about it. I knew it needed to be done, so I was okay with it. But I wasn't happy about it. And the third thing 
that I don't like spending money on, and this one might be a little weird or a little abnormal, is electronics. I don't know why. I don't, I like electronics. I love my electronics and I hate spending money on them. You know, my cell phone, I will use that phone up until I can't use it anymore because I just don't, I don't, I don't want to spend money to get a new one. This one's paid off. It does what it's supposed to do. I don't, mm, no. And even my dad makes fun of me because at my house, my living room TV, which by the way, I did not buy. It came from the sellers when when I bought the house. They left the TV there for me and it's an old TV. I know why they left it there for me, but I was so excited. It works. It's so outdated, but it works. Well, finally, it kind of hit the shitter, and it's not working anymore, and it hasn't been working for probably a solid month and a half now, and my dad keeps asking me, and he's like, "Uh, you get a new TV yet? And I'm like, "Mm, no, I can just watch Netflix on my phone in the living room. So literally, like, I'm in my living room on my couch, and I'll, like, prop my cell phone up on a pillow on my couch to watch Netflix instead of just spending the money to get a new TV because I don't want to. I don't like spending money on electronics and so I don't and I just kind of avoid it for as long as I can. And yeah, that's just one of them. We all have our things and that's mine. And one of the things that I extra hate when it comes to money is getting swindled out of money, getting bait and switched, or just simply not understanding the value and cost of something. I think this is something we can all kind of relate to, whether that be, I think a big one that a lot of us can relate to is when you're out shopping for a new car, right? When you're out shopping for a new car, I think it's really common for people to feel taken advantage of. And I think there's a, there's a reason for that. I think when you are shopping for a car, I think it is unfortunately uh, not, it, it's common maybe to get taken advantage of when you're shopping for a car. If you don't know the cost or value of something, if you don't know how dealership pricing and things like that work, you know, you don't know what you don't know and it can, it can be easy to get taken advantage of, you know, for me, I think one of the things in particular that luckily didn't get taken advantage of, but could have very easily. So I was having a lot of allergies in my home and someone told me, hey, it might be your vents. You know, maybe you need to clean your vents out or just get a new vent system. So I reached out to a local AC company explain the situation and they're like yeah you know we can come we we need to do all these kinds of tests first we need to test for mold and we need to test for this kind of fungus and we need to test for that kind of fungus and this kind of airborne thing and I'm like okay yeah that that sure that sounds like something we need to do and he's like and then we're going to clean out the ducts once we know what's in it and I'm like okay like that but sure that sounds It makes sense. I don't really know much about AC systems, so I'm just kind of following the lead of someone here. And then he sends me the quote, and I'm looking at this quote, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, 
that's high. That seems really high. Uh, and luckily, in this case, I decided to get a second opinion. So I reached out to someone else. Same thing. Explained the situation. I was like, I think I need like a duct, bent duct cleaning. And he's like, oh, that's just a big scam. He's like, no. He goes, you don't need it. That doesn't do anything. He's like, if you do need anything, he's like, maybe you need like an air purifier system. Or he's like, maybe you do need all new duct work. But to do just a duct cleaning, he's like, that's, it's a scam. And I felt so taken advantage of, you know, because I didn't know, right? This is something I just simply am not aware of. I don't understand uh, what what's a reasonable cost, what's not. What are you supposed to do? What are you not? I, I am a mortgage expert. I am by no means an AC expert. And, you know, it just, it, it sucks. It sucks being taken advantage of when it comes to your money. We work hard for our money. And we want our money to work for for us, whether that's buying things we really like and want or, you know, yeah, we have things we don't want to spend money on, but we're okay with it because we understand the value of it. It makes sense. We know it's a necessity. And so that's why today I'm going to teach you guys about closing costs when it comes to a mortgage. I want you to know and understand the value and the cost. And that way you guys can watch out for bait and switches and being swindled out of money because I hate to break it to you guys. There are lenders out there that will do this. And there are some shady lenders out there. And it's something you guys really need to be able to watch out for and be able to educate yourselves on. That way you can make the best and informed decisions for yourself when you're out there shopping for a mortgage. And there's six different categories of closing costs that I'm going to break out for you guys. The first one, and this one, in my opinion, is probably going to be the most important. This is the one where I typically see clients getting, again, that bait and switch or getting swindled out of money or not understanding is going to kind of come down to this first group. This first group is called origination fees. That is kind of the overarching category. It's usually the first thing that comes up on your disclosures. I'll backtrack a little bit. When you're getting a mortgage, your two main disclosures that you're going to get that break down these closing costs for you guys are going to be your loan estimate. This is one that you get in the beginning uh, and throughout most of the loan process and then towards the end of the loan and at closing, you get something that's much more detailed called a closing disclosure. So food for thought while you're out shopping for a mortgage, these are the two names of the disclosures that you really want to kind of keep an eye on and be on the lookout for. Let's get back to that nitty gritty of origination fees. So in this bucket of origination fees, it's typical to see, and it's not always going to be the same, but some of the names of these fees that I see are going to be things like processing fees underwriting fees. Sometimes you might actually see it called an origination fee or an application fee. And then the biggest one that I really want to touch base on, and I'm going to break it down for you guys into small little bitty chunk sizes that you can digest, is 
discount points for an interest rate. Now, this is usually where the hangup comes into place. And let me let me first explain what discount points are before I explain how they kind of work with your closing costs. Discount points. So whenever a lender is locking in your interest rate, you get, or not necessarily you, but the lender gets for your loan and everyone's loan, what I like to call a rate spread, meaning you get a list of interest rates. Let's say, for example, here, we're going to say from 6 to 8%. So each person gets a set of rates, anywhere from 6 to 8% and all kinds of little rates in between there. Now, you have on this set of rates, you have what is called, the technical term is called the PAR rate or as I like to refer to it when I'm speaking with clients, I say this is the best no cost rate. So what does this mean? So that no cost or that par rate is going to be the best rate you can possibly get without paying any discount points. So let's say in this example, we have rates, we have Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they come to me for a mortgage, I'm quoting them an interest rate and we get a range between six to 8%. And I'm looking at this and based on their specific factors, how much they're putting down, what their credit scores are, what type of home they're purchasing, on and on and on. Let's say their best no cost rate or their par rate in this range, let's say it's 7%. Great. When I lock them in, in, if they want that 7%, they will see on their loan estimate, it'll have in the top right-hand corner, it'll say, yes, your loan is locked in until X date. It'll give you the lock expiration date. Coming down on that first page of that form, it'll tell you what the interest rate is locked in at. Then... When you get to this origination fee section, you will not see a charge for points, for discount points. It should be no charge because that rate is a par rate, meaning there are no charges associated with it. Now, let me break it down one step further for you guys. Okay, we're going back to this, this uh, rate spread between six and eight. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith, 7% is the par rate. But let's say let's say they want a lower rate. And they're like, oh, really, Leah? 7%? I can't get a rate better than that? Well, that's when I step in and I say, no, absolutely you can get a better rate than that. However, there's going to be a cost to you to get a better rate than that. Now, on this rate spread, Anything below 7%, so let's say anything between 6 and 6.99%, there are going to be charges associated with them. Those charges are referred to as discount points. That is the technical term for them, discount points. Each rate, every rate you go lower than 7%, that charge gets higher and higher. And how that charge is determined, again, is based on a variety of factors for that individual situation. 
down payment, um, credit score, type of home, all of that. So let's say Mr. and Mrs. Smith want, you know, they're like, okay, Leah, I like the six and a half percent. Let's do six and a half. I'm like, great, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Six and a half is a great rate. And the charge today for that rate is one point. Ooh, okay, one point. Great. I know what one point means. Do you know what one point means? You probably don't if you are not in the mortgage industry or if you have not bought a house before. So one point is equal to 1% of whatever your loan amount is. So it's not a set dollar, dollar rate, it's a percentage of your loan amount. So if you are getting a loan and that loan is $400,000, one point is 1% and that is $4,000. So when you go back to your loan estimate, same thing as before with the no cost rate or the par rate, you will see that we're locked in. You will see the expiration date. You see the interest rate. And then when you get to this origination fee section, it will show you one point, which is equal to 1%, which is equal to $4,000. If your loan amount's 400,000, that's where you will see this fee. Really important before we move on to the next piece of fees that I really want to emphasize to you guys. Legally, loan officers do not have to tell you how much an interest rate costs until they lock you in. Why is this important? So when you are shopping for a mortgage, a lot of lenders will give you an estimated loan summary or an estimate of loan fees. This is not a formal loan estimate. They can put whatever rate they want to on there and they do not have to tell you how much it costs until they lock you in. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to people who said, oh, I thought my rate was six and a half and then I got my loan estimate and my closing costs are $10,000 higher than I was expecting because the lender did not initially tell them that they were going to be paying $10,000 for that six and a half rate. And when you are out there shopping for a mortgage, ask the loan officer and be specific. This rate that you're putting on my loan estimate or on my pre-approval letter, are there discount points associated with this specific rate? At that point, they should tell you. All right. Now, now that we got through the hard stuff and the kind of scary stuff, let's go in and break the rest of the fees down. These ones, in my opinion, are going to be much more simple to understand than origination fees, discount points, all of that. The next section is going to be third-party fees that you cannot shop for. What are some fees that fall under this category? Those are going to be things like your appraisal fee, credit report, flood certification. These are all items that your lender needs and requires in order to do a mortgage loan for you. So these are going to be fees that are predetermined by whoever the lender is using, uh, you know, whoever they decide to use for an appraisal management company to order your appraisal, whoever their credit company is. 
those rates are going to be set by those third-party fees. And unfortunately, you don't get a choice in the matter. I get asked all the time, can I order my own appraisal? No, you can't. Unfortunately, you are going to be stuck with who the lender's using. Um, but just wanted to point those out to you guys that those are fees that are there. There's not much you can do about them, but different lenders use different third parties. So if you really wanted to shop lenders around for these particular fees, <coughs> excuse me, feel free to do that as well. And our next category is going to be escrows. What are escrows? So there's kind of three things that fall within this category for escrows. It's going to be one, your daily interest. What is that? So whenever you are getting a mortgage, if you've noticed, your first payment always skips a month. So if you close a loan in January, your first payment won't be until March 1st. Well, the lender is still going to collect interest for the month of January. So if you close January 1st, they're going to collect daily interest from January 1st to January 31st. If you close January 31st, they're only going to collect that one day of interest. So you will see this in your escrow section. This is also where your homeowner's insurance gets paid. Yes. Your first year premium for your homeowner's insurance, the whole first year is due at closing. This goes in the escrow section. Now, depending on where you're located, you know, if you're here in uh, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami-Dade County are some of the most expensive counties in the country for homeowner's insurance. Because of this, you will see a pretty large jump in your closing costs just because those are large fees. For example, if you have a homeowner's insurance policy that's $4,500 for a year, that's a $4,500 fee that's getting added onto your mortgage. So something to keep in mind there, depending on the area you're looking in, what the homeowner's insurance rates are, that is going to or can play a pretty big factor in what your closing costs are. Also in this section, you may have property taxes. Sometimes, sometimes not. Depends on when your county's property taxes are due. If there is taxes that are out and due, they may be collected here in this section to pay that property tax bill. And then following escrows, you have your escrow account set up. Now this is going to be a little bit different from that initial escrow section. And it won't apply to everyone, but it will apply to most people. So when you are getting a mortgage, escrows are gonna be taxes, homeowner's insurance, flood insurance, if you have it. Now, in most cases, escrows are paid with your mortgage, meaning you make one mortgage payment a month and your mortgage company takes care of paying your taxes and your homeowner's insurance. Sometimes you can waive escrows from your payment, but for the case of this, this example, let's just say you're paying escrows with your mortgage. So an escrow account setup, you're going to collect a certain number months of homeowner's insurance and property taxes. So that way when those bills come due in the 
future, your mortgage company has enough money in that account to pay those bills. Think of it like a savings account that you can't touch. You're putting a little money into it each month and then your mortgage company pays the bills when they come due. So typically, usually you're only collecting about two to three months for homeowner's insurance. This is just a little bit of a cushion. You pay that first year premium already, but they collect a little bit more just in case when the bill comes out next year, it's a little bit higher. And then your property taxes, that's where it kind of varies a little bit more. I'll use Florida as an example. In the state of Florida, our property taxes always are due November 1st. It's nice and easy. They're not in installments. It's just one installment once a year for the whole state. Depending on when you close, depends on how many months we collect for those property taxes. So if you're closing a home on a home in January, you won't have your first mortgage payment till March, but yet you have a whole bill due November. So you'll be collecting probably four to five months of property taxes up front to make sure when that bill comes due in November, you have enough money in your account to cover that bill. And we are wrapping up. So section five, this one's pretty easy. I'm not gonna touch on it too much, but that is going to be title fees. Now, in most cases, you can shop for title and usually either the seller or the buyer will shop for or pick the title company, but that is one that you guys have a right to shop for. So if you wanna go out there and shop around title companies to see who has the best rates, by all means, that's something you can do. Title company has their own fees. Do not shoot us, the mortgage company, for disclosing those fees to you guys. They are not ours. We are just the messenger on that one. The title company will give us what their fees are we include that with all of ours, as well as your escrows. And we send you everything in one nice, neat little package. Again, that package is gonna be your loan estimate and your closing disclosure. And finally, the last category I'm gonna go over, this is going to be your recording fees and your taxes. Yes, I know we talked about taxes already. This is different. We talked about property taxes. Now I'm going to talk about another category of taxes. First, though, your recording fees. This is a fee. Usually the title company is the one that tells us how much it is. But yes, there is a fee to record your deed, your mortgage, you know, all those fun the note, all those fun documents you sign at closing. Those get recorded into a county system. And just like everything, there's a charge for it. So that's where you'll see that. A lot of times it depends on how many pages that you're recording. If your note or mortgage is 10 pages versus 15, it's gonna have a different cost. The last piece, taxes. Where this differs from property taxes, and again, it's also gonna differ state by state, but specifically if I'm talking on Florida, Florida has transfer taxes. So these transfer taxes are usually a set percentage of the loan amount. And these are fees that get charged to the buyer. The seller has a portion of transfer taxes as well. But this is something that the state of Florida, not the property, not the lender, not the title company. This is something the state of Florida charges on all transactions. 
Again, it's a set percentage of that loan amount. So you, the higher your loan, the higher your mortgage, the higher your transfer tax fees are going to be. So just something to keep in mind as you are out there shopping and looking for a price point of a home. And to wrap up, again, today we went over what are the six origination fees, third-party fees that you cannot shop for, escrows, your escrow account setup, title fees, and recording transfer taxes, if that's what you want to call them for Florida, or just whatever your state may or may not charge for taxes. Those are going to be your six big categories of what to look out for when it comes to closing costs. Again, for you guys as the consumer shopping for a home, the one you want to be the most scrutinizing of is going to be those origination fees, particularly the discount points. Just make sure to ask your loan officer and clarify, hey, this rate that you're giving me or that you're telling me I can get, is this my best par rate or no cost rate? Or does this rate have a charge of discount points? And if it does, I would like to know what those discount points are before I move forward. This should help negate a lot of bait and switch and swindling out of money. Thank you all for joining and listening in. I know today's episode is probably a little more educational, nitty gritty, but I hope you got some really valuable information out of it. As always, you can find me on all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all of it, Lending with Leah, easy peasy. And as always too, if you have a specific loan scenario or question, all my social media platforms have my contact information. Feel free to give me a call and we can have a personal discussion on your situation. Everything is safe and confidential. Have a wonderful day. And I'll see you guys back in a couple weeks for the next episode.